Hi, it's Curious City editor Alexandra Solomon. I don't know about all of you, but personally, I'd like to be able to drink the water from my kitchen sink or from the fountain in the park and not be worried about whether it might have long-term effects on my health because lead can cause heart damage and brain damage. And experts say there's really no safe amount that we can consume. You might have heard us talk about Chicago's lead water problem in previous episodes because Curious City reporter Monica Ang has been following in that story. She's looked back at how Chicago got to have one of the worst problems with toxic lead in our water system. And that story dated back to the beginning of the 20th century. Most municipalities stopped using lead service lines in the 1940s or 50s, but Chicago was an anomaly in that they kept installing 100% lead service lines up through the lead ban in 1986. And then there was Chicago politics, the cozy relationship between the plumbers union and City Hall. The plumbers, they learned their lessons well over the years in the political structure of Chicago. And uh, they probably were the most powerful union in Chicago, despite the fact they may have been one of the smallest They were also part of the reason the city kept installing lead service lines for so long. And Monica's been keeping track of what the city and the state have been doing about the lead pipes problem. And today we're going to talk with her about some new developments, legislation that will change the way the city and state will deal with lead service lines, where the money will come from, and what the heck is happening with the drinking fountains in Chicago. That's coming up. Do you need a break from the news? Well, my friend, Nerdette Podcast is here for you. Our show is all about delight. We laugh about what's happening in pop culture and feature thoughtful interviews with fascinating people. We even have a monthly book club that you can participate in. I could just go on and on about it. I loved this book. It was an experience, I'll tell you that. (laughs) I discovered authors I had never heard of and I'm really happy that I did. Come hang out with us. Listen to Nerdette wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, Monica, so we got a lot to talk about today when it comes to lead in Chicago's water. But I think it's helpful, you know, just to remind everybody exactly what a lead service line is. Good idea. Okay, so lead service lines are these pipes that connect most Chicago homes to the water main. Pretty much everyone has them if their house was built before 1986 when the city stopped forcing people to install them. But when the water passes through them, it can pick up lead along the way, especially if the line has been jostled or if you haven't run the water for a while. So health authorities have been calling for the removal of these across the nation. And just remind everybody, what are some of the issues that come with lead in the water? Sure. There are big health issues associated with them. And I will let Justin Williams, who works on water issues at the Metropolitan Planning Council, tell you more. Yeah. So lead is a well-known and potent neurotoxin that causes lifelong health issues. Children are especially vulnerable. It can cause all sorts of developmental, behavioral and health issues. It also causes problems for adults who consume lead in the form of organ failure and other forms of long-term health problems. And lead service lines are one of the most potent sources of lead in drinking water. 
And so replacing those lead service lines will certainly reduce the overall lead exposure in drinking water. And so it's really important that we, we remove this toxic infrastructure. Okay, so there are a number of health risks associated with our lead water infrastructure. And after years and years of environmental advocates, you know, pushing for change, the Illinois General Assembly finally passed a law that's meant to address this issue statewide. Tell everybody what the law says. Okay, well, it's called the Lead Service Line Replacement and Notification Act, and it basically does those two things. And the biggest headline out of it is that it gives every town in Illinois a deadline to remove and replace its lead lines. And here in Chicago, it's a huge deal because we've never had a deadline. Different towns have different timelines, and Chicago wanted a super long one. But what did we finally end up with? Drum roll, please. 50 years. But the clock doesn't even start ticking till 2027. So if you do the math, we don't have to get rid of our lead lines till 2077. And I personally will be 108 years old by then. You know, I'm trying to wrap my head around this timeline. It seems like an awfully long time. What did the mayor have to say about that? Well, she said she wanted 75 years. But here's why she said we need that time. We probably have one of the most acute um, challenges regarding lead service lines of any city in the country. And we're trying with the resources that we have. Yeah, so city officials wanted more time. But advocates for the environment, they wanted a shorter timeline. Here's what Jeremy Orr, who works on water issues at the Natural Resources Defense Council, told me. Obviously, it is a a very long timeline that that many of us were not necessarily satisfied with, but knew, you know, it was a step in the right direction for the city who essentially has no timeline on this. So it it at least gets us a a start on, on some sort of framing to start planning and to do this work. So, Monica, that work he's referring to, what's that going to look like? Well, it would look like the removal of about 8,000 lines per year, again, starting in 2027. So I asked Colleen Smith at the Illinois Environmental Council what would happen if they didn't meet this provision. Sure, it's under the EPA Act. So the Environmental Protection Agency will have the ability to hold them accountable through various fines. And by that, she means that the Illinois EPA can fine them for violating lots of different parts of the law. That still seems like a pretty long time, and maybe some people might find that, you know, a little disappointing. Is there anything else they're going to do that'll happen sooner than that? Yeah, and actually the advocates were pretty excited that they got two big wins out of this that will start in the next two years. I'll let Jeremy Orr of the NRDC tell you about one of them. One thing that we're really pleased about in this process is that uh, we had a ban on partial lead service line replacement. And what he's referring to is when the city replaces just one part of that lead line with copper. This could actually spike the lead levels in the water for more than a year. And now the city has to stop doing them by 2022. Okay, you mentioned two things. So what's the second thing they got? Well, they got the city to promise to stop installing new water mains without also replacing the lead lines that are attached to them. But I thought you said the city was just finishing up a big 10-year project to replace all the old water mains. Ding, ding, ding. Yep. And that's why this victory, well, it feels kind of hollow to me. Because what's the point of saying, yeah, now the city has to replace the lead pipes when they do water main work if the city's almost entirely done doing the water main work? And this provision doesn't even start till 2023. 
The mayor was asked about this recently by Tribune reporter Mike Hawthorne, who's been covering this for a while. Why is the city still installing water mains presently and not replacing the service lines at the same time? And you'll hear that she never really even answers the question. But she does say this. Number one, um, as we, as you know, we announced a pilot program uh, where we are actually uh, replacing lead service lines for um, individuals that qualify uh, uh, economically. Yep, they did announce this low-income program last fall. But guess what? Not a single person under that program has gotten a new line or even qualified to get a new line yet. We're also in the process of doing uh, a pilot program to determine uh, what is the right kind of construction that we should be using uh, to do that replacement. And yeah, she's talking about the water main replacement pilot. But again, that was supposed to happen in summer. Now it's been postponed till at least the fall. We've also opened up the opportunity for any homeowner that wants it uh, to get the relay service lines replaced right now. Yep, and that's always been available to homeowners and businesses. But they've got to pay a lot of money for it, even though the city is now waiving a small amount of permit fees. Obviously, a massive scale that is necessary requires a massive amount of funding. I mean, Monica, she's got a point. You know, is there money to fund all of this work? Well, I'm so glad you asked, because that's the big game changer here. There actually is a lot of money to do this work, finally. We've already gotten $15 million in renewable block grants just for that low-income replacement program. We just got $2 billion from the American Rescue Act, which can go straight to water projects. And there are billions more on the way if that big infrastructure bill passes at the federal level. And so where will all this money go? Well, remember when we mentioned that the reason why we have so many of these lines in Chicago is because the Chicago Plumbers Union basically lobbied to force all Chicagoans to install them. Well, they also lobbied in Springfield to get this bill passed. So they made money by making lead mandatory, and they stand to make a ton more in the removal process. But there is a provision in the bill that is supposed to encourage municipalities to look for contractors of color, uh, contractors with disability, female-owned contracting businesses. Okay, so what does the law actually mean, you know, for the average homeowner in Chicago that wants to get rid of their lead service lines? Well, that's a great question, um, because there are these billions coming in. Will those savings be passed on to the average homeowner, or will it still cost more than $10,000 to remove your line like it does now? We're going to know more about that in 2027 when the city lays out its full plan. So it's not a perfect bill. But Justin Williams at the Metropolitan Planning Council said it was important that this bill is passed now because there's finally money for it. I think this bill puts Illinois in a really great place to really take advantage of any funds that may be available and tackle this problem. Okay, Monica. So, you know, I have to ask you, the other day I was in the park taking a walk and I saw this guy. He had been on a long run. Clearly he was sweating. He runs over to the drinking fountain and, you know, lo and behold, the fountain is off. What is going on with the drinking fountains in the city, which at one point had been turned off because there was lead in the water? That's right. Well, the ones you're seeing that are shut down now, which are all of them, and that was because of COVID. They wanted everyone to stay off the lakefront and stay out of the parks and not share drinking fountains. But you're right. They um, shut off hundreds of fountains in Chicago parks because they were contaminated with lead. The city says it will start opening up these fountains again after they turn 
turn the pools and the spray pools back on on June 25th. But it's going to take about four weeks before most people will be able to use outdoor fountains again. So count on maybe the end of July, and they will be on constant flow all season because that tends to keep lead levels down. Okay, so Monica, you know, these changes obviously are going to take a while. What are some things people should do in the meantime to protect themselves? Well, I'm going to go through the usual list I give people. When you wake up in the morning and when you come back home from work, if your water hasn't been running for about six hours, run it for five minutes on cold before you drink a single drop. The city recommends the same thing. Also, if you have lead lines, filter your water with a filter that's certified to remove metals. Clean your aerators. Those are those little filters on the end of your spigot about every month to see if anything's gathered in there. Again, use only cold water to drink. Do not take hot water out of the tap to drink it. You can also get a free city lead test, but you should keep in mind it's only a snapshot of the water at that moment. And finally, you can look into getting your line removed, but know that for most people, it's going to be very expensive for a while. Well, thanks for staying on top of all this, Monica, and I know uh, you're going to keep doing it until all those lines are taken out. Even if I have to live to 108. Well, it's that time of the year the Curious City team dreads. We'll tell you a bit more about that next. So here at Curious City, we've been really lucky to have the amazing Natalie Dahlia as our multimedia intern. She's been truly remarkable during this COVID internship, and we're really, really going to miss her because unfortunately, her internship is over. You might have heard her great reporting on the murals at the 18th Street CTA station in Pilsen or about the plants that grow in all the nicks and crannies around Chicago. Maybe you caught some of her videos about our voting round. Three beautiful questions stand before me, but only one can be Curious City's next listener-selected story. Number one, why doesn't Chicago have an indoor public market like Cleveland or Seattle? Number two, did Uptown really used to have a silent film industry and how big was it? And our 5K. Hello, Curious City intern Natalie Dahlia here, the lovable stylish and the one not in charge of supply chain management we're really sorry thank you so much for your patience as we ship your t-shirts out to you be a couple other little goodies in the bag it'll be great and soon you will be able to look just as stylish as i do while we all run our 5ks together cat not included sorry we're gonna miss her sense of humor and her theatrical abilities and we just wish her the best, best of luck. Good luck, Natalie. Curious City is supported by the Conant Family Foundation and produced by Joe Dassault. Monica Eng is our reporter. Maggie Civit is our digital and engagement producer. And for one more day, Natalie Dahlia is our multimedia intern. I'm Alexandra Solomon. Thanks for listening.
At a time when information continues to come at us faster and faster, sometimes you need to hit pause and rewind. NPR's Throughline takes you back in time to the source of the news stories filling your feed. Find NPR's Throughline wherever you get your podcasts. Sometimes you just need a quick overview of the news. Meantime, it was chaos today at the Chicago City Council. A Chicago cop with a controversial past is running for judge. Other times, you're looking for a deeper understanding of what's going on in the city. Wow, that's so, no one has asked me that question. The Rundown Podcast has all of that, and it's Chicago-based, so you know what's up in your neighborhood and across town. Listen to The Rundown wherever you get your podcasts or at wbez.org slash rundown.